0: We'll love it. How special.
1: Only one night she started to cry, and thought he ain't coming home. She's tired of the lies, tired of the fight, but she didn't want to see him gone. You fell down on your knees and said, I haven't prayed since I was young. But Lord above, I need a miracle. Oh, no matter who you are, and no matter what you've done, there will come a time when you can make it on your own. And in that time of desperation, the omen. Oh, Lord above, I need a miracle I need a miracle He lost his job and all he had in the fall of 09 And now he feared the worst that he will lose his children and his wife So he drove down deep into the woods and thought he'd end it all. And very Lord above, I need a miracle. Well, no matter who you are, and no matter what you've done, there will come a time when you can make it on your own. And in that time of desperation, though you're not the only one, Pray to the Lord above, I need a miracle well, I need a miracle Ah la 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 Turned on the radio to hear a song for the last time He didn't know what he was looking for Or even what he'd find The song he heard gave him hope and strength to carry on And on that night they found a miracle They found a miracle. La da 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 da. La da da La Oh. And in our hour of desperation, No, you're not the only one. Praying, Lord above, I need a miracle. Oh Lord above, I need a miracle.
0: It is good to see everybody again tonight. We have Brother Josh Llewellyn with us tonight in view of a call. Pray for him as he brings a message. And Brother Josh, come preach the word. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Y'all glad to be here tonight? It is good to be back in the Lord's house. It's been a good day in the Lord's house today. I think the Lord has been honored and glorified. Uh, thank you for that special. That was wonderful. Uh, there's no doubt that the name of the Lord has been exalted this evening, and that's our purpose in being here. I do want to thank you once again for having us. Uh, we are planning on going back to Monroe tonight, and uh, there's uh, Memon and Papa expecting three little grandchildren. Uh, here in a little bit, and we're going to go back to Texas tomorrow. About a five-hour trip uh, to our home from here, and uh, so we're going to finish it out tomorrow. Uh, pray for us on the road, but uh, I just want to thank y'all for making us feel at home. Uh, we've had a wonderful time in the Lord today. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, as I said uh, this morning, if there's ever anything worth standing up for, I believe it's the Word of God. So let's stand for the reading of God's Word this evening. Colossians 4. Uh, just have a couple of verses here. In verse 5, Colossians 4, verse 5, the Bible says, "Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know." How ye ought to answer every man. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I pray that you would give us the understanding. Lord, I just pray uh, for help at this time. Lord, your word is perfect and I definitely don't want to mess it up this evening. Lord, may your will be done through this message. Give us understanding of your scripture. I pray that souls will be saved tonight, Lord. I pray that the saved will be encouraged in you, Lord. Lord, as we think about redeeming the time, as we think about those that are without, Lord, there are so many that is without that relationship with you. And Lord, we have a job as one of your children to live for you, to glorify you, to magnify you in all that we say and do, Lord. And I pray that our family and our friends will see you through us. Lord, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this evening. I want to talk to you on the subject of a marred testimony. A marred testimony. The word testimony means the declaration which confirms or makes known anything. So to simply say to have a testimony, it is what I live out. The life that I live kind of reveals what I believe. The life that I live kind of reveals who I follow. And it is our job as Christians to to keep and maintain a testimony that honors and glorifies God. As the world looks at us, they should not look at us as just somebody else in the world. The Bible tells us that when we get saved, we are to come out from among them. We are to be separate. We are now to be a peculiar people. And the reason that we are to be that peculiar people, because now that we're saved, our job is to magnify Jesus Christ. It is when people look at us, they see Jesus in the way we talk, in the way we walk. And let's get real. It is very hurtful in the world today. People have such a bad taste in their mouth when they think of religion. And the reason is because so many people claim to be saved don't act like they're saved. So many people that go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and every time the doors are open, so many people do that and they don't live out what they believe or what they preach. I want you to notice what the Bible says here. Notice what it says here in Colossians. The Bible says uh, in verse 5, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. I think all of us have people around us that are without that relationship with Christ Jesus. We have family. We have friends. We have coworkers, We have friends at school that does not have a relationship with Jesus. And if they see Jesus from anybody, it ought to be us tonight. They ought to see Jesus in the life that we live. Notice what it says. He says, walk in wisdom. We need to use some wisdom when we are around the loss. And the Bible says, redeeming the time. We talked a little bit, little bit about it this morning. We're running out of time, aren't we? The Lord's coming back. Are y'all awake tonight? Alright. The Lord's coming back. And there must be a sense of urgency to the life that we live. We must live for Jesus, not tomorrow, but today. Because the coming of the Lord is nigh. And there are those that are without, and we must redeem the time, understanding that I must keep that testimony that glorifies Jesus, so somebody can see Jesus in me. Notice what it said in verse 6, "...let your speech be always with grace..." Season with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. We need to use some wisdom. We need to carry ourself in a way that this lost world sees Christ in us. Let me tell you something. If you're saved, you need to quit talking like the world. If you're saved, you don't need to act like the world. They need to see Jesus in us. Now, I want you to look in the book of Exodus chapter 2. And I want us to look at a man that ruined his testimony. A man that did something in his life that marred his testimony. And I'm going to tell you, and you all know this better than I do, you can spend a lifetime building a testimony in one word that you say could ruin All of those years of testimony. One false thing to say, one lie that you tell that you didn't mean to, one blow up could ruin years of a testimony. And I'm going to tell you, it is worth keeping your testimony. How many times somebody at McDonald's got your uh, order wrong? And you pick and you say, I'm going to lose my testimony. (laughs) Listen, I'd love to lose my testimony with the McDonald's worker, but it ain't worth it. Amen? It's not worth it. Yes, there are some people that I would love to get a hold to and tell them what I really think. But friend, it's not worth it. Because if you lose your testimony, you are damaging the name of Jesus. You are damaging your testimony. You are damaging your walk with the Lord. And I want you to know this, that it is a sin to hurt your testimony. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5.12, But when ye sin so against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. When you go out and you do something to hurt your testimony, that is a sin when you hurt other people in their walk with the Lord. You have testified that you're saved. You've testified you love the Lord, but you're not acting like it. I love what one man said. I love this statement. He said, the message we preach is only effective if that message reflects the life in which we live. I want you to know we need to live out the message that we believe in tonight. Notice in Exodus 2 and verse 11. The Bible said it came to pass in those, days, in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren. And he looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian, smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. He looked this way and that way. And when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Untendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. I want you to look at a man that marred his testimony. He messed up his testimony so bad that he had to get out of town. Moses spent 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. The Bible says in verse 11 that there was a day that he realized who he was. He realized that he was not uh, an Egyptian, but he was a Hebrew. He was not of the people of the world, but he was of a peculiar holy seed. He was of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was to be uh, to live a life that was holy. The Bible said that he came to himself and he realized who he was. Child of God, we need to realize who we are tonight. And we're not just any ordinary citizen anymore. If we're saved, we are a child of the King. We are of the children of God. We are to be a peculiar people. And I want you to notice what the Bible said, that when he went out, he's seen the burden of his people. And he's seen an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew. This is not anything that he's never seen before. He grew up. Seeing this. But for the first time, it bothered him. And what did he say in his mind? Boy, I just gotta get a hold of him. Man, I just gotta tell him what I think. You know what he did? It killed him. He committed murder. You know, when we talk about Moses, we don't normally talk about Moses the murderer, do we? But this is something Moses did. When, notice what the Bible said here in verse, in verse 12. He said he looked this way and that way. And when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Okay. Common sense. ABC. If you gotta look this way and you gotta look that way before you do something, you probably ought not do it. Okay? The Holy Spirit will get a hold of us as save people, and He will tell us when we're in the wrong. And the Holy Spirit will tell us, don't do it. And there's times we look this way, there's times we look that way. The Bible said that Moses even hid his sin. He killed the man, and then He put him in the sand. How many times? We look this way, we look that way. Nobody's looking. I'll go ahead and do it. It's not going to hurt anybody. And by the way, I'll just... I'll cover it up, I'll put it in the sand, nobody will see. Let me tell you something, God sees everything. And He knows what we're doing, but I've learned this the hard way. Sin always has a way of revealing itself. No matter how hard you try to hide it, sin has a way, and I think David is a very good example there with the prophet Nathan coming up saying, Thou art the man. Sin has a way of revealing itself. And when you do something out of the way, let me tell you something. People are going to hear eventually. I live in a small town. You live in a small town. It doesn't take long to find out when you do wrong. You do something right, nobody knows about it. You. you do something wrong, man, it's at the store before you even get out of church. They know everything that you do wrong. The world is waiting for us to fall. They're waiting for us to fail. Oh, yeah, look at that old hypocrite. He's been inviting me to church. He ain't no better than I. How many times have we heard that? I'm not going to church with them. They're a bunch of hypocrites. And you say, well, it's just an excuse. It's an excuse that we have given them. We need to live for the Lord. We need to live out the message in which we preach. We need to be real. If we're going to be a Christian, let's act like a Christian. Amen? And notice what the Bible said here. Notice verse 13. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together and said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? I want you to think about some things that take place when you mar your testimony. Number one, it calls your identity into question. This is a man that has already understood that he was a Hebrew. But notice, as the Hebrew men said in verse 13, he said, "Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow?" And basically, they seen an Egyptian killing an Egyptian. They didn't see a Hebrew killing an Egyptian. They seen an Egyptian. The word "fellow" means associate, companion, one who is knit together. They seen. This man, as any other ordinary Egyptian... Notice what the Bible said in verse 14. Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? That refers to his position as an Egyptian. When they seen this man, they did not see a Hebrew, they seen an Egyptian. Why? Because his actions led them to believe that he was an Egyptian man. There are a lot of people in this world that when they look at us, they see us as a lost person. They see us as somebody else. In the world, do you know why? Because our actions are no different than theirs. What is this man's identity? He was not an Egyptian; he was a Hebrew man. Let me tell you something. I'm not of the world anymore. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King tonight. What is our identity? We are saved. We have been born again. And everything we do needs to reflect the identity of who we are. When he went out there and he lost his temper and he got mad, how many people say, well, I got my temper from my mama, I can't help it. (laughs) Y'all laugh, but y'all said it. Y'all done it, I have too. I got my temper from my daddy, I can't help it. let me tell you something, every time we lose our temper, people begin to question our identity. And they say, well, I thought he was saved. Well, I thought He was a Christian. He's no different than us. And when they begin to question our identity, do you know who starts beginning to get hid? Jesus. He's not seen. Because when we reflect the life that is Christ, He's magnified. He's honored. He's exalted. But when we live a life that is unpleasing to Him, He's not seen in us. They didn't even think a Hebrew man. This is an Egyptian man. Hey, if you're a church member tonight, you're saved, you're born again, you're active in this church, when you go out, this world ought to see you as a representative of Jesus Christ. They ought to see you as a representative of Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. You go out, let me tell you something, they know where you go to church. They know who you belong to, and they're waiting for you to fall. Don't make them question Your identity. Notice this next verse here. The Bible says in verse 14, it said, Who made thee a prince and judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? Not only was their identity called into question, but now their intention is called into question. Who are you? And now, what is your plan? What is your desire? Are you? Do you desire to kill us? Do you desire to devour us? What is your intent here? We don't know what you're wanting to do anymore. What is our intent as a child of God? It ought to be to lead lost souls to the Lord. It ought to be to magnify the name of Jesus. And when we do something out of the way, when we lose our testimony, our intentions come into question, and people begin to question, what is their intent? What is their intent? Do you know what they think our intentions are as God's people? We're money-hungry people. Preachers, they just want money. Y'all never heard that, have you? Probably never said it either, have you? And begin to question somebody's intentions. Let me tell you something. Our intentions as a child of God should be the Word of God tonight. It should be to lead the lost to the Lord tonight. It should be to walk out of those doors and be a living testimony for Jesus Christ. And there should be nothing in our life that calls into question our intent. When you wake up in the morning, what is your intention? It ought to be to magnify Jesus. But He did this and they said, what is your intentions? Do you want to kill us? You know, people have such a bad taste in churches and religions. Man, it's bad. You know why? Because they've questioned our intentions. What do they really want? What do they really want out of me? Friend, we shouldn't just want their money. That should have no part. We shouldn't just want their service. We should want them to be saved. The rest will come later. Hello? God can take care of the rest. We should be doing one thing, seeing that souls get saved. Bringing them to the Lord. That should be our intention. That should be our intention as a church. It should be our intention as a child of God. Notice the last one here, and we're going to be done. The Bible says at the very end of verse 14, And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. No matter how hard you may try to hide what you have done, sin will always reveal itself. You mar your testimony, you get ready. Your identity is going to be called into question. Your intent is going to be called into question. But I promise you, there will be injury. Notice verse 15. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. When all of this got back to Pharaoh, Moses heard about it. He said, i got to get out of town. And it it's pretty bad when you do something so bad, you got to leave town, isn't it? He did something so bad that he had to get out of town. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, uh, it says, "...by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king." But when we look here in verse 15, Brother Trey, he's fleeing Egypt, fearing the wrath of the king. This is two different times in the life of Moses. And this man had to get out of town because he marred his testimony so bad that they were wanting to kill him. They were wanting to get justice from what he has done. I'm going to tell you this. If there was any man, I told you you'd hear before the day's out, and there she is. She's got lungs. She's like her daddy. I don't even know what I talking about now. You seen the good, the bad, and the ugly today in the Lou Ellen family. She wants daddy. <laughs> she won't by the time I get done with her, probably. So,
1: <laughs>
0: but here's this man Moses. Think about this: if anybody had a chance to lead Pharaoh to the Lord, it would have been Moses. If anybody had a chance to get the Hebrew people out of Egyptian bondage and went over the Egyptians, it was this one man. If any man had a shot at leading the Egyptians to the Lord, it was him. But I'm going to tell you, when he marred his testimony, he ruined every opportunity that he ever had in winning them to the Lord. And it got so bad that he had to leave town. I'm going to tell you something. You think your actions doesn't affect other people? Every time you do something out of the way, there will be injury. And you will affect somebody, somehow, some way. When you're not honoring and glorifying God, somebody's gonna get hurt by it. And let me tell you something. Souls are in danger tonight. You say, what do you mean things happen? This is what happens. Y'all with me this evening? People die and go to hell. People die and go to hell because we don't want to act like Christians, we don't want to live what we believe. People die and go to hell every day because we want to throw a fit. Well, preacher, you just don't know where I come from. It's in my genes. (laughs) You're right, it is in your genes. You're a sinner. But since we got saved, God called us out of that life. I'm not claiming to be perfect. I'm not perfect. But I know the one who is tonight. And through Him, He can give me the strength to overcome those temptations. The devil is seeking to devour. He is coming to steal, to kill and destroy. He wants to destroy your testimony. I'm going to ask you, as the world looks at you tonight, what do they see? Who do they see? Is your identity reflecting that of Jesus Christ? What do they see in your intentions? I hope it's pure tonight. Oh, they see somebody wanting to serve God. Somebody that loves the Lord. Hey, don't tell them what Jesus has done for you. Show them what Jesus has done for you. This world is tired of hearing it. They need to see it. Hello? Are you all awake? They need to see it. They need to see it in the life in which we live. Let me tell you something. Souls are at stake tonight. Well, I'll do anything. It won't hurt anybody. Yes, friend. There is always injury when we mar our testimony. Is it a family member? I'm not going to get saved because they claim to be saved. They live just like me. The Bible says there's coming a day that we're going to stand before the Lord. And if we didn't warn them, if we didn't live that life well before them, the Bible says, He will require their blood. At our hands. That's scary. That means them going to hell is going to be on us. I don't want that on me. When Jesus comes for me, I want Him to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. What does Hamburg see when they see you? Do they see a child of God? Do they see a child of the King? I hope and pray, safe person, that you're living for the Lord. Lost person. Lost person. You need to be saved tonight. Would you give your life to Christ? When I was 13 years old, I knew that I was dying and going to hell. And I humbled myself before God and I asked the Lord to save me. And guess what? He came in and saved me. You say, preacher, I'm not good enough to get saved. Well, join the club. Because I'm not good enough either. He loved me in spite of me. He saved me in spite of me. God's been good. If you're lost tonight need to be saved, I'm going to ask Brother Trey to come in a minute. Come down here, take him by the hand and say, Brother Trey, show me how to be saved. You have a decision to make tonight, I want you to do that. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bless this message. Use it in a mighty way. If you are leading anybody to make a decision tonight, if you are convicting anybody in this place, Lord, I pray that they would answer to that conviction. Lord, I pray that they would make those decisions that bring you honor and glory. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Help us, help us to be that living vessel, that testimony, that light in this dark, dark world. Lord, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.